Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Now, Emmy and Golden Globe winning actor, novelist, and musical genius, William Shatner, finally speaks the lyrics of your favorite WWE superstar entrance themes. Booyaka! 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 They've said they've sorted it out for me. They've said they've rectified it for me, and it has been better, to be fair. Um, still not 100% perfect, but it has been better. But then I'm expecting a phone call back by a certain time about my complaint, because apparently that's what they do now. They, they, get you, they call you back. Um, and the call's not come. So, again, well, fantastic customer service, eh? I can actually follow you up with that, because uh, after the show, my internet started messing about. Um, to the point where we had no internet overnight uh, for um, for like the full day. So we got onto Virgin Media. They said it wasn't a fault on their line. They ended up getting an engineer out, replaced our our router. Uh, yeah, and it's been spot on since. So yeah, keep on it, pal. Um, yeah, definitely. Hopefully, we will have no issues tonight. Hopefully so. Anyway, speaking speaking of tonight. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or indeed watching from. And thank you so, so much for joining us once again. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Cy, or Chain Wrestling Sunday this week, Chain Wrestling Sunday Live, whichever way you want to take it, I guess. Uh, Brought to you by the fantastic, wonderful, glorious people at Radio Techers. I am the... I mean, we we are those fantastic, glorious people. We are, we are. Brought to us by us, because we are glorious. (laughs) I'm the slightly tired and sleepy side, because I had a couple of points this afternoon. It's been warm, so I'm a bit dozy, but I'm sure I'll wake up very, very soon. Um, But looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and joining me once again is the Tony Hart to my Bob Ross. Now, they're both artists, so they draw a lot. And the poll this week was a draw. So when you think about it, that's really, really clever. Okay. Less of those puns are on this show. So now this is uh, chain wrestling with just Mags, if he's going to be pulling those dad jokes. Uh, the Mr. Perfect to my Mr. Kind of Pretty Average, I guess. <laughs> a podcaster that was delighted to hear chain wrestling pays double for working a Sunday. The podfather himself, Mr. Mags. How are we doing, my friend? 
Yeah, I am absolutely ecstatic that uh, Radio Tech has pays double double of zero. Is yeah, it's still zero though. But it, then, it, you it get, is. It is. then you get emergency tax as well. So I'm actually down on on the deal. <laughs> uh, but uh, for context, we're here on Saturday because uh, real life always happens, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Mondays uh, is a no go for for the foreseeable future. So stick with us. Uh, we may not always be on the Sunday, but we'll certainly uh, promote it all over our social media to make sure that you're fully aware when we're going live until we we can pin down uh, a genuine um, um, schedule. For, for this show going forward but yeah, uh, yeah we're glad you can join us on this uh this very sticky humid sunday yeah and it's it's quite a unique show for a couple of different reasons magsy i mean first of all it's the, the first chain wrestling on a sunday which mm-hmm. i don't know it feels quite it feels kind of Historic. nice mate. yeah round off your weekend with us two morons what what could what could people <laughs> ask for that's better than that mate eh? yeah if you've had a piss poor weekend just watch <laughs> us and just feel better about your own life yeah that's right. That's right. Um, and the poll this week, amazingly, for the first time in, what are we, 36 episodes in, 35 episodes in, something like that. Um, obviously, we have our two options that people vote for on Twitter, deciding on where we go. Um, yeah, I, I had a little notification come up on my phone saying the poll for this week has ended. I clicked on it, looking to see the results, knowing it was quite close for a little while. Um, and it was split 50-50, a perfect draw. I mean, so I, we've had close calls before mm. where, where it's been like 52, 48 and things like that, but never right down the middle. Uh, so, yeah, this is historic. Yeah. Yeah. And I was sort of messaged you, Mags, didn't I? And I was like, mm, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, we, it's two matches. But the whole point is that we just sort of follow where the people want. And that's what you said, Magsy, wasn't it? If they if they voted this way and they want us to talk about both, then bloody hell, we'll talk about both. Yeah, but on the flip side of the coin, and I wish I'd have thought of this at the time, they thought that maybe we didn't have to review any of them. So we could have uh, gone with none. But yeah, we've. Uh, okay. What, had a week off or something? Yeah, well, essentially. Uh, but no, <laughs> I mean, there would be no two matches uh, better for uh, a split a split decision for us to both mm. watch. Uh, these were two banger shows. Yeah, so many options, I suppose, as to where we go from this as well, the two matches that we could potentially link from. So, yes, it was quite interesting as well when it came out that it was a draw. Uh, I suppose it shows how good both of these matches mm-hmm. are, that they're both counted so highly by our listeners or, or viewers thoughts um before we get into the wrestling though max uh how's your week been bird what you've been up to anything good uh yeah it's been uh busy in terms of, of content uh ufc last night um techers on saturday uh in in terms of real life hot sticker uh just just having to crack on and do the best we can i think with our fans have been uh blaring uh, pretty much every day. Then we had the issue with the internet, which was fun because who <laughs> wants to sit talking to family when you can can uh, randomly doom scroll on Twitter? Uh, but yeah, it's been a uh, a very very decent uh, week. To be fair, ah, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Uh, the Olympics have started, Magsy. You're uh, yes, the Olympics. Uh, Are you into all that or? Usually I am. Um, in terms of, of, of this Olympics, not so much because there just hasn't been any real hype for it. Uh, it's uh, the, the more hype has been for the uh, the Japanese uh, 
um, um, people not wanting it and kind of protest mm. about it. And then you hear about the Olympic Committee and the horrific people that have been uh, involved uh, in, in uh, setting up this uh, Olympics. And, yeah, it's just uh, gone from, from bad to worse. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I'm, I'm kind of hit and miss when it comes to the, the Olympics and events like this, to be honest, because there's so many, there is so many events. Obviously, it caters to a lot of different people's tastes. Some people like some of it, some people don't. I'm not a massive fan, if I'm honest. I mean, I, I like my wrestling. I like my football. I like a bit of boxing. That's kind of it for me, really. I don't really get into masses, masses out sports-wise. Um, but the Olympics, I watch a bit of. The wife has does a lot on, and she, she really enjoys it. But I'm not a big fan of, like, the um, the floor stuff they do when they do all the tumbling and the rolling with the ribbons and all that that's not for me um and some of the other events uh, again not a big fan of but the opening ceremony i caught a little bit of the other day did you see any of this mags i haven't i haven't seen any of the olympics at okay. all yet um first of all some of it is spectacular they had so many i think like a couple of hundred or whatever it was drones with lights on in the air that formed oh, a globe. I did see that. Yeah, I did that see was that. amazing because all it takes is for one of them to go wrong, and the whole thing just falls to shit, doesn't it? <laughs> that was incredible. Just um, one rogue drone, just yeah, just knocking the, the crap out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you also have like the, the kids getting involved in the in the presentation, which is great for them, memories for them for the rest of their life. Absolutely fantastic. And then the the torch being lit and all that's all that's all good as well. Um, but this bloody thing went over three hours, mate. Over three hours of this, and a big portion of it, and I understand why they're introducing the teams, but a big portion of it is they're coming out of this big door into the arena, and they're all wearing tracksuits or suits or their get-up for the presentation. Somebody's their flag bearer, they're holding the flag, and they're all looking around and, and so on, right? Now, I've seen this in other Olympics. I get it. It takes a long time. they got to go for all the countries because there's so many that have entered. I understand. It drags on a bit, but it is what it is. But obviously this year, because of COVID, there's no one there. It's an empty arena. There's literally no one there. So you've got all these... A live television audience. Yeah, but they're looking up to the stands and they're waving. (laughs) They're not in the Thunderdome. I'm saying to the wife, who the fuck are they waving at? (laughs) (laughs) And and honestly, they're coming out like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm from Papua New Guinea and I'm from Sri Lanka and I'm from, you know, and it's like, yeah, but there's no one there. What are you doing? Who are you waving to? (laughs) It was the most ridiculous oh, thing I've wow. ever seen, you know? And they've all got their cameras out, and they're all filming it as well. And it's like, you're filming empty seats. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like a WWE event. Well, yeah. Yeah, recent <laughs> ones, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> oh. no, unfortunately, I haven't caught any of the uh, the Olympics. I've heard a, a, a quite an interesting tale, though. There's a, a Ugandan powerlifter who, um, he went AWOL, from uh, from the Olympic um, village, I suppose. Uh, he left a note uh, saying that he doesn't want to go back to Uganda, that he's staying in <laughs> Japan. Uh, he wants to, to live and work there and to send all his belongings back to his wife in Uganda. Oh, um, why? So he's left his wife and everything? Well, no, they found him. Uh, he's been sent home and he's, he's facing potential criminal charges. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fun for you, the Ugandans uh, in the Olympics. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we get to Twitter and see what the wonderful viewers slash listeners, whether you're watching along now or you you're listening to the audio version later in the week when that comes out? Shall we see what they've been uh, giving us this week, Magsy? 
Uh, yeah, just before that, though, let's uh, quickly run through some some of these comments. We've got plenty of our action in the chat. Uh, obviously, we we showed this one a little bit earlier, but Scottish Danny, uh, he's more excited about this show than we are. And we uh, we fully appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Danny. We are loud, pal. Uh, Matt, uh, going back to when our Virgin talk, we're saying the odd time when a Virgin got fucked. Matt, that is horrific talk. Um, the, the best Powell in the house, uh, Mrs. Powell, <laughs> hi, guys. Um, and uh, Anya, I see Dad's already promoting his new podcast with his shirt. I oh, noticed yeah. that. I oh, yeah, noticed it. Uh, do you want to run over what your new podcast is about, sir? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, we did cover it briefly last week, but it's uh, it's coming up very fast when we're going to start chucking episodes out, I believe. Um Benny Mack, our good friend Benny, who's been involved in chain wrestling in the past, uh, helped us out with some voiceovers and intros and so on. Um, he's a good buddy of mine. We met through doing commentary for Evolution Wrestling a while back. Um, it turns out he's a massive Quantum Leap fan, and so am I. So the idea suddenly popped up, well, why don't we do a podcast and talk about Quantum Leap? So that's going to be the plan. Um, we're going to go episode by episode, just re-watching the show, um, not not a watch along or any, anything that that sort of form, but we're going to watch the show and then basically record our thoughts, what we liked, what we disliked, and hopefully have a, have a bit of fun looking back on this um this sort of I suppose cult show. It's got a bit of a cult following. It's it's a bit niche, I guess. It's it's fairly nerdy. dated now. It, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Nearly. Yeah. I mean, it ended in ninety three, so it's fairly dated now. And there's Benny in the chat there. How are you doing, Benny? Going to be awesome. Oh, I hope yeah. so, my friend. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a fun, unique podcast. I'm, uh, I remember watching uh, Quantum Leap uh, years ago, and it was one of those shows that it kept you coming back for more week after mm. week, some great stories. So, yeah, it'll be uh, cool to, uh, to follow along and maybe watch along some episodes as well. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully so, hopefully so. People will hopefully get some good memories from that. Um, I just love the show. It's, not, it's a nice program. It's The good guys normally win. The bad guys normally get their comeuppance. And it's a, it's a, just a nice feel-good show. Um, one little kick in the balls, though, it really is. To do this watch-along, I had to buy all the DVDs off the internet. Otherwise, I won't be able to watch the shows and make notes and, and sort of prepare. Um, after I'd found them all, got them all delivered, about a week after, um, the sci-fi channel announced that they're going to have it all on demand for free. Oh, so, <laughs> wow. What that was an absolute waste. Yeah. I think it's tomorrow, the 26th, as we record tomorrow, um, that the sci-fi channel has all the quantum leap episodes, um, via sky virgin, whatever, um, available on demand. So yeah, that's a little bit of a kick in the nards yeah. there, but I mean, it's perfect for me, though, to listen yeah. much longer than the same time. Yeah, very so true, very true. Your, your loss is my gain. I mean, season one, I've watched a bit back of already as we started, and it's a bit dated, a bit, you know, but I'm looking forward to really getting into season two. I think that's when uh, the show really sort of took off. Um, but yeah, anyway, enough about my other show. Let's talk about this one. <laughs> um, and we've, we've got some way more comments yet, so I just hold your horses there, Mr. Sir. Okay. Um, Scottish Danny in the chat saying Eddie Ray Perfect and Heart for the greatest ever. Yep, absolutely. Watching these back, it's it's it, it was like magic. Um, Mrs. P, such a grump, sir, complaining about the uh, the Olympic ceremony. Uh, and Liam saying, "Don't forget, this year's Olympics is the first time skateboarding has been classed as an Olympic sport." 
and that's when sport becomes ridiculous. I, I don't get it? your point. <laughs> um, but thanks for joining yeah, in. <laughs> yeah. Anya, uh, currently got your beautiful faces on Harvey's 50s TV. Beautiful is a stretch, like horrific. Yeah, I'm not sure about uh, that. Yeah. And the last one for now, oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Oh boy, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did watch a little bit of the skateboarding that Liam mentioned um, not long ago. And it is, it is pretty spectacular what they can do, isn't it? Oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I, oh no, I stand on a skateboard. I, I go flying. You know, <laughs> it doesn't even have to be in you, motion. You, you look at the skateboard and it's like, yeah. you are falling on your ass. To be honest, the way, I'm built, <laughs> the way I'm built, if I stand on a skateboard, um, it'd probably just break. So it would it would move, but it just downwards, you know. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> Like yeah. just an instant V shape. That's it. Yeah. So I suppose on that stage you, you got two then, aren't you? But you know, there we go. <laughs> um, for our non-wrestling topic this week, we asked for um dad jokes, I suppose. Cheesy, bad, anything along those lines, the sort of stereotypical dad jokes that you know I, I guess I would have heard from my father and I now pass on to, to my kids who absolutely love it. <laughs> um We've had, again, absolutely stacks of interactions from everyone online with this. I'm so, so, just just so happy to see how much interactions and and comments we get from everybody. It's fantastic. And and, and Magsy, we can't thank people enough, can we, for, for sort of carrying the show, mate? I mean, without them, it's just us two idiots shouting into the abyss about wrestling, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. And, I mean, sometimes when we're watching terrible terrible wrestling this is the part that we look forward to the most yeah when we when we have uh drunken stories or when we're covering um uh, movies or music or anything like that uh getting other people's uh opinions and takes is is sometimes the best part of the show uh and these some of these dad jokes are they're so cringy that it makes them funny. Uh, so yeah, we we appreciate everybody who, who takes part and uh, and leaves comments for us. It's 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 really really appreciated. Definitely so, definitely so. Um, I'll just start rolling through them, Magsy, as we uh, as we get them. Shall I? The, the order that they arrived into us with. Um, our good buddy Dan Griffin had a few at Dan Griffin twenty one on Twitter. Hiya, Dan. Um, what do you call a fish with no eyes? Such a classic. Um, <laughs> what do you call a man who's just finished digging? Doug. <laughs> See, I heard that one before as, um, what do you call a man with a spade on his head? Doug. Mm-hmm. And then what do you call a man without a spade on his head? Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, that's how I heard that one. Um, Dan continues, what animal has two grey legs and two brown legs? An elephant with diarrhea. Fantastic. <laughs> and why is Peter Pan always flying? Because he never lands. Hey, Fantastic. Um, Millwall Chris. Uh, at Millwall Chris 1 on Twitter. Um, what's red and invisible, Magsy? No tomatoes. No tomatoes. I, I have never heard that. But, no, me. Um, but uh, a laugh with no tomatoes is a good laugh for me. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm not no. a big fan. No, but I mean, no tomato. Yeah, I've never heard that one before. Um, I think this one is a bit niche. It's from uh, Ringside Rant podcast at underscore Ringside Rant on Twitter. Um, what does Jets stand for? And he says, just end the season. Um, yeah. What sports that? Is that American football? 
Yeah, um, RJ is a, um, a New York uh, Jets fan, uh, and obviously they haven't done very well recently. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, it's just a, a slight on his own his home team. Right. Okay. Okay. I get you. Um, good cop, bad cop wrestling podcast at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, he says, "Forget dad jokes. He wants to talk mum jokes." Every time he had a friend over and they would stay for tea, his mum would bring out, shall I make you a crocodile sandwich? And I'll make it snappy. He would cringe every time and roll his eyes. I was like, imagine, yeah. I mean, that's the sort of thing that happens now with me with the same joke over and over again. Um, <laughs> the, the big one for me is what uh, it happened today. I went to my middle daughter's uh, football presentation and there was a portaloo in the car park of the social club that we went to. So straight away, and I can't, I cannot not do it now i can't pass a portaloo if i'm with um especially with Liv because i know it irritates her i can't pass a portaloo um if i'm with my middle daughter right pointing at it and saying look it's dr poo and the turdis right and, and and she's the first time she thought it was hysterical but then this must be i don't know time 100 i guess and it doesn't tickle her as much as it once did maxi i'm gonna be honest with you there <laughs> um at five nerds go on Twitter, what do you call a Frenchman wearing sandals? Philippe flop. <laughs> that, is, that, that is a really good one, a clever one. Um, that's that's shocking, mate. That's not good for me. <laughs> do you not find um, that one funny? No, not really. No, I don't find many of them funny unless I say them. I think because I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Five Nerds Go podcast continues. My friend said that if he went off a cliff, it would be of his own accord. Um, it's a good thing he drives a Civic. Now, that one got me. I liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is was a really good. good one. Yeah, That was good. Um, I'd like to have kids one day. I don't think I could stand them longer than that, though. <laughs> Again, Five Nerds Go. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. I, I don't know what the situation with Five Nerds Go at the moment, Magsy. Is that show on hiatus at the moment? Or do you know? Um, it's on for for now. It's on permanent hiatus. Uh, I'm hoping that they will bring it back. Um, um, I, I think real life has kind of like sent them all on their own different paths. But okay, they'll, they'll get back together and uh, start recording again because I, I miss that show. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, definitely. I've I've heard a few episodes and obviously I've heard episodes where you've been a guest on there as well. Um, and that's a shame because I think you dragged the tone down quite a bit. But it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree. I absolutely don't disagree. But yeah, guys from five nerds go, um, you missed. If you can sort it out and bring it back, that'd be awesome. Um, our good friend and supporter, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. And I want to give Danny a really special shout out here, to be honest. Hopefully he is listening or about, yes, there he is. There we go. Hiya, Danny. Um, every non-wrestling topic we put out, Danny's there. He comments, he retweets and so on. Every wrestling topic we put out, Danny's got feedback. He retweets, he, he votes everything. He is one of the biggest supporters. I think Magsy chain wrestling has. So I just want to say, Danny, I know we say it to everyone who, who gets involved with the show, everyone who interacts, everyone who listens without you, this wouldn't exist. It is your show. But Danny, since day one, can't fault you, my friend. And honestly, from, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much. Cause it's guys like you that mean me and Magsy want to carry on doing this. So Absolutely. keep it up, buddy. We really, really appreciate you. Okay. 
And yeah, I, I totally echo everything Simon said. And I'd, I'd even go further, and I'd love for for Danny to be a guest on the show and uh, come in uh, and join in and maybe review uh, a wrestling match with us and then just shoot the shit with us. So yeah, uh, absolutely, would love that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, maybe maybe three people on this show might be a bit busy. I'll just have a week off. <laughs> you can be like the Scottish Danny. You can take over Scottish Danny's Twitter. Yeah, okay, okay. I want your I want your logins, Danny. All right, send them over, mate. DM me your logins to your Twitter and whatnot, and um, your email, um, your PIN number, your mum's maiden name, and any other information you think I might need. Okay. Um, Danny says, what did the dryer say to the boring duvet cover? They've just got like the machine. Don't be such a wet blanket. That is so bad. Is, uh, we take back everything we just said then, Danny. Yeah, Danny. I'm, when you, If you do listen back to the audio version of this, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> That's going to be gone. <laughs> oh. um, the Interstate Wrestling Podcast, at IS Wrestle Pod on Twitter. A wrestling dad joke we've done before. Why does The Undertaker have the best streak at WrestleMania? Because he earned it. No, that does. I, I do like that. <laughs> Benny has come with a, a similar one in, in the chat. How did The Undertaker get a free fat deal for the UFC? He earned it. Oh, see. Wordplay is fun. Um, <laughs> what do you call a dinosaur with no eyes? Do you think he saw us? That's an old classic, isn't it? Yeah, and then what do you call the uh, the dog of the dinosaur with no eyes? Do you think he saw his Rex? Oh, <laughs> they're so shit, aren't they? They're so <laughs> super awful. <laughs> they're incredibly awful. They're but so that's, what's, that's what's good about them. The fact that yeah. they are so ridiculous. Um, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. And this is from Clive himself. Uh, went to the doctor the other day to get the results from my blood work. The doctor said, okay, listen, you have hypochondria. He said, oh, God, not that as well. <laughs> Again, just shockingly bad. <laughs> oh, awfully, awfully bad, yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. Uh, he says, I don't do cheap dad jokes. Oh, Steve-O, you snob. What's wrong with you, mate? Come on. Um, he says, but he coincidentally saw this at work, and he sent me a picture of a sign that he had at work, Magsy, and it says, Dad, did you get a haircut? And he says, no, I got all of them cut. <laughs> um, it's so terrible. <laughs> it's bad. The other one, there's a bloke who used to work with me a while back, an, an oldish fella, and he'd, have, he'd go for a haircut, and naturally he'd walk in and people go, oh, you've had a haircut. And his response also was, no, no, just had my ears lowered. And it's, but it was the same every single time, <laughs> to the point where everyone would just be like, oh, you know? And, have you got any um, magazine? Well, on, on the, the picture that Steve sent you, there's another cheeky one in the corner. Okay. It says, uh, Dad, can you put my shoes on? And he says, no, because I don't think they'll fit me. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I've got a few that uh, are ridiculous. Um, so uh, a man walks into a bar and says, ouch, because it's an iron bar. Right. Um how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You follow the Fresh Prince. That's good. I like that. <laughs> what does a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites. I like that as well. 
That's anything that's pun orientated, mate, that's right up my street. <laughs> and the the classic one, why do you take an extra pair of socks when you go golfing? In case uh, you get a hole in one. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm genuinely trying to figure it out. <laughs> Hi. How do I hmm. learn this out? <laughs> it's like it's not like a dad joke. It's like a riddle. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a couple that I, I use myself. And the biggest one is when you get the standard from the kids um, about dinner time. It's like, oh, I'm hungry, and it's like, oh, I'm dad. That's the standard one. But yeah, but we're, we're four kids, and you're doing it all the time. It kind of wears a bit thin. And the second mm-hmm. one that I, I, I basically I've got from my own father. I remember my dad saying this over and over again to me and my sister and my brother. Whenever we'd say, "What's for tea?" He just was for some stupid unknown reason. He would just respond about half an hour, and 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 I was like, it makes no sense at all. But it used to drive us mad when we were kids because we didn't want to know what we were having for our grub. But he would just say about half an hour, just to just to piss us off, right? But now I find myself doing it. I do it now to <laughs> to my kids to wind your kids up. Yeah, I'm in the kitchen making their tea. They come in and go, "What's for tea?" And I say about half an hour. You know, see, it's- <laughs> see people abuse does go down the generations it's taught behavior <laughs> yeah that's it that's it it's, it's you know it bred in you know <laughs> it's, it's beaten into you <laughs> it is indeed it is indeed uh we've got a few more in the chat popping up there mags haven't we we got you have a look at that mate because i'm still a little bit a little bit unsure as what i'm doing here right so all you have to do is click on the one you want to show up and it shows up oh i know but i like it when you do it <laughs> okay, so here we go. Benny in the chat. I always bring a piece of paper to a wrestling match just in case The Rock is my opponent. I mean, brilliant. Not brilliant. Pretty no. poor. You yeah, don't like that? No. I can ask, all right. It's good. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not funny. Um, Liam, um, what did the submarine say to the ship? I can see your bottom from here. Cheeky. Um. Dave, uh, Uncle Metal, I assume. Yeah, he was messaging me earlier on. He had a bit of a session last night and a bit of grub, and he's feeling a bit jippy. Oh, yeeks. I I thought that that was the punchline (laughs) to a joke, but really it's the punchline to a horrific uh, drinking session. Um, Benny comes back with, why does Randy Orton uh, shave his body? So RKO's come out of no hair. Oh, (laughs) No, no, oh, come on. The, That's good. That's the good. Cringe, like that. The absolute <laughs> cringe. And yeah, so I spoke to Uncle Metal about when he kissed a homeless man and he said, uh, and quote, I gave him 20 quid as I felt sorry for him, then had a snog. So he didn't pay for a kiss, apparently. Ah, uh, that goes back to our story from a pre was it last week or the week before? Um, another hideous dave tail from when we're out drinking i think it was the man of war show wasn't it so yeah yeah that's right ah charlie liked the rock joke (laughs) (laughs) um john cena gets knocked out during a wrestling match three hours later he works works in a hospital john slowly um where am i the nurse i see you john no you can't <laughs> oh, oh, oh uh, kids! I'm hungry. Dad, I'm Finland. I mean, oh, that <laughs> um, Liam, why should you always carry a box of tissues when golfing in case you get a burger? That is brilliant. I love that one. Um, That's good. Well done, boy. <laughs> and then Anya giving uh, 
giving uh, Uncle Methel more grief, saying, have you snogged any more homeless men? I mean, if he's been on the session, it's quite likely. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, and that one there, my youngest, Charlie liked the rock joke. So well done, Benny. <laughs> and and just to get some finality on that story, he's banned from kissing homeless people. Um, I think you should be, to be honest. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's not you, good form. You, you, it sounds like you are a menace. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> speaking, of, and this is going to sound really weird now, Magsy. This is going to sound really weird now, right? But speaking of bogeys, right? <laughs> um, I had to do one of these. It's called a lateral flow test last night. Okay. You know, the stick, and you got to put it up your nose and your mouth and yeah. whatnot. Like, I had a bit of a tickly throat, a bit of a cough. I was feeling a bit under the I feel fine now. But last night, for some reason, I, just, I had a bit of a time where I felt a bit rough. So the wife said, like, you should do one of these because we're going to lives football presentation this afternoon um and first of all i went to go put it up my nose first and the wife was like no no you do your mouth first then you don't want to put you know take it out your nose and put it in your mouth do you you do know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. you sort, yeah that sort of thing but then a funny question sort of came <laughs> I, would, I would have let you just roll with that i would have <laughs> let you just go yeah go on you you crack on uh, just watch it taste it yeah uh, yeah, but the thing is, then I, I just had like a glass of lemonade, right? And I'm not very good, you know. You, when the people were talking about various things on a previous issue, I was gagging a bit, wasn't I? I'm not very good with that sort of thing. So I got this this stick with a little thing on the end, and I sort of started putting it down my throat, and I basically made myself throw the lemonade back up, like literally just that. In, it's like a, like a little button. I must have touched that, and but it came. So then, of course, I've got the choice. Then, what do I do? You know, because I've got the stick. I got. I think I got it out of the way in time, so I carried on with my test. But then I was laughing and joking with the kids and that. And because I'd went to put it up my nose first before my mouth, and I was stopped. But then I put it in my gob, and I was ill a bit. And then it had to go. Up my, what would you rather? Put stick in some stick up your nose or some bogus in your mouth? I'd rather just throw that stick away and get a fresh one. Because you, yeah, you know what? Eat. That's what I should have done. <laughs> you're either going to eat boggy or you're going to smell vomit for the rest yeah. of the day. So, well, no, you blow your nose after, don't you? I know, but it's, you'd still smell it. It's like when you have that bacon flavor crisp. You might have swallowed it, but you always get that um, that flavor every time you burp. So it'd be the same if you sniffed up. You'd, you'd always have that essence of vomit. Hmm. Yes. It, it just it just a funny question that tickled me yesterday. This, you know, this is a wrestling show, and all this we have is to keep reiterating is is actually a human wrestling show. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Um, you may notice as well that we've kind of blitzed through our non wrestling topic relatively quickly this week. Um, the reason being, obviously, we have two wrestling matches to cover, um, which are going to obviously take a little bit longer then covering one um so unless there's anything else we want to look at magsy shall we uh talk a little wrestling yeah let's go for it okie doke and let me just find the <laughs> let's get ready to rumble okie doke so the winner of this week's poll was both of us, neither of us, each of us. I like to think that we are both winners. 
We're both winners. Yeah, that's it. I'm not sure. That, that, I'm, <laughs> that, that sounded so patronizing. <laughs> I'm not sure the rest of the world would agree, but I'm going no. with it, Mags. I'm going with it. Um, yeah, so we had the options for the poll were Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect from SummerSlam 1991 for the Intercontinental Championship and Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio from Halloween Havoc 1997. Um, Mask versus Title for the Cruiserweight Championship. Two brilliant, brilliant contests, but watching them back, two brilliant contests for very much different reasons, Maxi. Uh, and mm-hmm. The poll obviously ended a draw, so we're going to discuss both and i imagine there's going to be moments where we compare the two afterwards even though it shouldn't really make much of a difference to our ratings i guess but uh where would you like to start my friend let's start in in time order let's go with uh summerslam 1991 I'm very glad you said that because that's the order my notes are in. I ain't got to go ferreting around looking at the pages. <laughs> Great man's think alike. And idiots agree, my friend. Um, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed this match, Bret Hart versus mm-hmm. Mr. Perfect. I've not seen it back. I know you have for covering it for that 90s wrestling podcast that, that you do the, the old pay-per-view reviews on. Um, mm-hmm. I've not seen this match back for quite a while. Um and I did really, really enjoy the match back. It's, it's Madison Square Garden. It's SummerSlam 1991. Um, the first thing that hit me was how early in the show this match was actually on. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was because it, it's like the second contest, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's the, the multi-man first mm-hmm. um, and then it goes straight into this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you get a bit of a, a, a Mr. Perfect interview beforehand. Um, and he's, and he's how about. good how good of a, a guy on the mark was he? I mean, before we yeah. get to the wrestling, um, Sean Mooney uh, literally just has to put the mark in front of him and he attempts to ask questions, but, but Perfect's like, shut up, bitch, I've got this. Uh, yeah. And just goes into uh, a brilliant kind of heart for the match, uh, talking about uh, excellence of execution versus perfection and that how brett is the greatest uh wrestler um ever but he's not perfect oh he just soldier and then yeah. he had that fucking idiot coach blowing yeah, that stupid that whistle Who yeah was um, he was the guy who essentially brought perfect into the the wwf um, okay when when you were getting the vignettes of him throwing an American football and then running the his own the pass and, that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and hitting that three pointers all the time and stuff like that, so it, it was that guy. He's not really there for that long. We mm. just have to put up with him for a little bit. But the the whistle was annoying. Yes, yeah, I, I get that. With um, oh, what's his name? The fella who was manager for Sabu and Rob Van Dam in ECW. He was oh, a WWF referee fun. for. Yes. yes. Yeah, I get that. It's just the whistle, just irritating. You know, just just pack it in. Why'd you do it? Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, yes, Dave, one hundred percent. He was unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and this match showed it, didn't it? I mean, the, the again, I, I I took the opportunity to watch both these matches back today, back to back, and I sat my youngest down with me to to watch them with me. Um, and this is always a great big thing for me watching old wrestling back with my daughter as i've mentioned on previous shows before because i've seen these matches before some of them years and years and years ago um some of them very recently some i have shall we, uh, fonder memories than others sometimes your memory plays tricks on you and you remember it in different ways than it actually is so having anya there sorry having charlie there my youngest to 
watch the matches back with me, having never seen these before, is always really interesting getting her stand her viewpoint. Um and she enjoyed both of these contests very much. And well, I'll get more to her thoughts when we've spoken about both of them. But we ended up having a conversation about what we were referring to as actual real wrestling, mm-hmm. as in on the mat, hold for hold, counter for counter, and so on, which is kind of what you got with these two guys here, because you don't see masses of that in some of the wrestling that you watch present day, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it, it just goes to show the subjectivity of wrestling and uh, what was um, seen as as... Uh, the pinnacle of wrestling in the early 90s has kind of changed now. You don't see this because wrestling is so quick-paced now and it's kind mm. of like snapping. It's always on to the next uh, big move and wrestlers always have to kind of do something that makes them stand out so uh, they're not just one extra wrestler in the group where going back to matches like this and, and re-watching uh, some of the classics makes you appreciate just where wrestling has come from, uh, the the art of the the chain wrestling, the art of the technical skill, uh, and being able to to kind of work a crowd off the the most uh, the smallest amount of moves. I mean, in this uh, in this uh, match, we get um, a full sequence just about headlocks and about uh, yeah. hairs being pulled, and it's it's so engrossing. Uh, you really kind of uh, get sucked into to the match, and if you watched any other two wrestlers doing a headlock move, that's that's seen as a piss break. That's seen mm. as come on, speed it up. But with these two, it just worked perfectly. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, and that's kind of how the match starts, isn't it? With, with the headlock exchanges. Um, hello, Connor. Hello, Connor. Sir. <laughs> um, the the headlock exchanges, the, um, the the sort of hip tosses onto the mat as well, and as you said, Max, about the hair pulling back and forth and so on. Um, it almost it almost to me starts slower than I would expect for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know. How, I can't explain the, that train of thought really. But sat watching it back, as I don't remember it starting as slow as this. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because the ending is. Uh, basically that they build towards the finish don't they and the ending is much quicker than the start of the match i'm thinking maybe that's what i remember looking back potentially does that make sense yeah it absolutely makes sense this is uh uh the epitome of a a building to a crescendo match uh Mm. two of uh at this time two of the best wrestlers uh not only in the company but in the world in terms of uh technical groundwork and, and and skill so having that first uh, five, ten minutes or so of them showing off uh, just how good they were, not only as uh, technical wrestlers, but as storytellers. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this, the slow build, uh, obviously knowing that I've watched it pretty recently, uh, and I can remember how it, it does build to, to that crescendo, and it gets more and more um, heated, and uh, it becomes more and more aggressive, and it, it, it's a really well-told story and a really well-planned-out match. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's another moment where you get sort of... Um, both guys are kicking their opponents off them as they're led on the mat. They're taking it in turns <laughs> to do that. Um, perfect ends up getting his ring gear basically ripped in half. But I don't <laughs> think he notices at first because he, so he tries to put the strap back on, doesn't he? And then he sort of looks and goes, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, he gets quite cross about that, doesn't he? Um there's also the, the sort of backstory here with regards to 
um, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennings, um, injury problems. He's he's got a long term back issue, and I think you, you think you mentioned last week he actually had a broken bone, Max. Yeah, uh, and I did. I didn't actually know this uh, until um, like researching for the, the that Nancy's wrestling podcast, um, and it, it just adds to just how good of a ring general Mister Perfect was at the time. He had a broken coccyx in this match, and now obviously everybody knows the coccyx, the the the, the essentially the monkey bone at the bottom of the spine. So you imagine all the kind of a uh, backdrops and atomic drops, and even things uh, like uh, moves involving the legs, like the the um, the sharpshooter, are all going to put pressure on that broken bone. Mm. And first of all, he never shows it. You never see him kind of um, acknowledge that he's got an issue. And then second of all, it's such a clean, crisp, just beautifully wrestled match that you wouldn't think there was anything wrong with him at all. And and like I said, he had a history of of back problems. I mean, he, he had to retire once uh, because of a, an insurance policy uh, yeah. and he wasn't allowed to wrestle because of back problems. And yet he's able to go and and do a match as good as this uh and this is at a time when brett is not really the the brett that we know uh and love from his world title range this is still a brett who's uh still really relatively new to uh to the wwf uh still in on that kind of learning curve and the way that these two just had that chemistry um it was it was so good. Two brilliant wrestlers, uh, kind of like catching lightning in a bottle twice. It's it's such mm. a good match. Yeah, I mean, what was this? This obviously the summer of ninety one. Mm-hmm. That'd have been WrestleMania seven, wouldn't it? Ninety one. The Hart Foundation still together at WrestleMania seven. I think they were, weren't they? Oh, they dropped the titles at WrestleMania seven, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They dropped and the titles. It, the nasty. Boys. This is this is when Bret Hart goes uh, on his first real major singles run. Yeah, so you're looking at there's literally there's only a couple of months into his first real sort of uh, big time singles career, and this is obviously his first singles title win. Um, so you look at it from that standpoint, he is, I suppose, relatively a novice at this level. I mean, he's done it in other companies, obviously. He's been out to Japan. He's wrestled for his, his dad's company, but on this national stage, without maybe the safety net of being in a tag team, it is a different world, I think, Max, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but I think he looked every um, every ounce the superstar uh, in this mm. match, and the the stuff that he goes on to do later on in his career. And he, uh, look at uh, a year later on, he carries uh, British Bulldog, who is uh, whacked off his tree. Yeah. He carries him to one of the greatest matches of all time. So mm-hmm. uh, it just shows um, how good, how much of a natural talent. Bret Hart actually was uh, for all these kind of uh, misgivings in in the the way he kind of uh, believed wrestling was real and and stuff like that. Uh, in terms of in ring, he's among the greatest. Yeah, I reckon so. I reckon so. Um, we got. There we go. Yes, my internet has been sorted. Um, so again, not paying his virgin bill. Brilliant. Um, I'm back. So- <laughs> did I go? Did I go again? Did I? You did I certainly did. Told you. 50, fit, drill a hole in a fifty p. Tie a bit of string round it. Slot it in the in the meter, and then pull it back out. 
brilliant. Went again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. This is driving me batty. Absolute waste of freaking money, this lot. Uh, okay. Can you hear me okay now, Magsy? Can you hear me okay now? You are fine. Let's uh, let's uh, get into this match again. Yes. Okay. Um, there's a few brilliant moments um, where, for example, both wrestlers are on the ropes and you're looking at, yeah, I wish I could. We're looking at, um, they're both on the top rope and they're both kind of tying up with each other and fighting, but they're not in your traditional sort of superplex position. You've got one on the outside of the ropes on one side of the turnbuckle, the other on the outside of the ropes, and they both kind of just tumble and slide into the ring more than anything, don't they? As mm-hmm. opposed to, uh, and that was quite a quite a spectacular spot, I think, because the, the bump didn't look natural. It didn't look like a normal fall, if you know what I mean, especially knowing how, how much pain Mr. Perfect is in. That, to me, really took my breath away. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not long after that we hear one of uh, the many quips by Heenan. Uh, I think uh, Gorilla mentions that a DQ would save the title for 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 mm. Perfect, and then he says, "Okay, then hit him," uh, which is brilliant. There's a <laughs> there's one a little bit earlier where they're they're focusing on Stu and Helen Hart, um, and Heenan says that they look concerned because uh, they've snuck into the arena. Uh, which just is just he's a superb. Yeah, he's, uh, he's fantastic, isn't he? It, he, him, and Gorilla, and obviously with Roddy Piper on on commentary as well. Uh, uh, really, kind of uh, in in Brett's uh, corner, which is ironic considering that they end up uh, uh, fighting for the title later on down the line. Um, yeah, it's it. I think the commentary really adds to how good this match are. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know which it needs to do. It's what they're. The commentators are there to do, isn't it? We said before mm-hmm. how important good commentary can be. And on the flip side of that, how how much of a negative poor commentary can be. It kind of takes away from what you're watching in the ring. Um, Mr. Perfect at one stage looks like he's going for almost a New Japan style sling blade. Um, but it is actually catching with heart to put him in a sleeper. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was putting him in a sleeper until literally the sleeper was on. I didn't see that coming at all with the way he sort of positioned himself and threw himself around Brett's body as he came off the ropes and so on. I thought that was fantastic. How crisp, just yeah, how yeah. crisp that was. It was, it was, it very reminded me a lot of when, uh, uh, the rock used to do his kind of a float over, uh, DDT where he essentially threw himself around the, uh, uh, the wrestler's body and then hit the DDT, but to, to nailing the, the sleeper, uh, and then for, for Hart to go for the pin off that uh, and then get uh, uh, essentially put in a, a Samoan drop. Um, yeah, some some really crisp work. And then we get the classic uh, Bret Hart, uh, Sternum first, uh, turbuckle yeah. bump, which every time you see it, 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 looks, it looks absolutely brutal. Uh, we get an attempt at a perfect plex. Uh, Bret kicks out. Uh, yeah. Apparently, uh, according to Heenan, uh, he's the first ever person to have kicked out of the Perfect Plex. So, uh, more history for for chain wrestling there. Yeah, I don't think that's right though, is it? Hogan, well, out, I, didn't he? I know, but it's you're telling me WWF don't uh, manipulate history for their own <laughs> benefit, sir. They How change, dare you? They change the past to their own <laughs> narrative, don't they? 
Hey, the little fibbers. Um, <laughs> Didn't they uh, once say that um, Edge invented the the Money in the Bank match recently? I think it was Edge. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so. They, yeah, it was obviously it was Jericho who who had yeah. a hand in it, as opposed to yeah, because uh, that was a whole thing. Jericho was talking about it on Twitter as well, wasn't he? Yeah, they just mm-hmm. oh, just that gets on your nerves. But they did always all invent wrestling, and they invented women's wrestling, and mm-hmm. they invented tag wrestling. Without the WWE, nothing happened before nineteen sixty three. There was oh, nothing. But, yeah, you know, five, five nerds in the chat. Justice for Whisper Gold. No, Whisper Golds are uh, a marketing play, and you've all been suckered in. Uh, but we were talking about you earlier, Matt. Um, we want five nerds back, so hashtag bring back five nerds. Why Whisper Gold uh, marketing oh, play? So, um, going way off topic now, uh, but uh, it wouldn't be M- chain wrestling if we didn't do that, mate. It, it wouldn't, <laughs> uh, but MGB has put one of his uh, his um kind of controversial food takes on onto Twitter and it was a, a sausage with uh crumbled up bits of Kinder Bueno in. Okay. So people were there was two camps. There was um this is revolting, you absolute animals, or that sounds interesting. I'd try that. Uh, so it got back to Paul Toller, who uh, is a stickler for his uh, his weird food takes. Um, so I, I said, would he he wouldn't try this because the the crunchy bits of the Kinder Bueno would hurt his poor little gums. Okay, um, right. So then they were talking about uh, how about a whisper gold inside a sausage. Uh, UTT Rob said, how about a sausage inside a whisper gold instead? Uh, and just a ridiculous uh, kind of a flow of conversation. So go and check out MGB Graham's uh, Twitter feed for that. Uh, but I said, whisper gold uh, are a marketing ploy for you to essentially buy fresh air uh, as half of your chocolate bar. Uh, and I got some backlash for that for saying. I like whisper uh, gold, mate. Well, you would because you've been you've been brainwashed uh, by the the men at Cadbury's and a Roundtree to believe that you should pay for fresh air. So no, Whisper Gold, Aeros, um, even Flakes. Essentially, Flakes are nice. Oh my god! The fact that it's not solid chocolate, you are paying for fresh air. So, but you're paying for the you're paying for those bubbles. You're paying for that. That feet that texture. Well, yeah, but it, those bubbles are full of free fresh air. Breathe in before buying your chocolate. There you go. The same ingredients. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud! Uh, anyway, <laughs> as the match carries on, <laughs> um, we have Brett. Yeah, well, we said about Brett kicking out the perfect plex. All we got here. But um, that was uh, Five Nerds saying at least we realised we'd stopped. It took uh, Graham until Thursday this week to realise, despite him lacking our goodbye tweet, the the expletive. Um, <laughs> going back to the match, uh, Scottish Danny uh, saying that sleeper was phenomenal. Agreed, sir. Yeah, it was. It yeah. Was, totally. These, these guys were way above the curve uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to wrestling in the 90s. I mean, that's a really good point because you look at. Um, the main event here you've got Hogan and Warrior versus Slaughter, Adnan, and um, Colonel Mustafa. Is that right? Colonel Mustafa? Yeah, I, I ain't she. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a different world to what we're watching here. 
Mm-hmm. It's completely different levels of ability and uh, in-ring ability and so on. Just just night and day, it really is. Um, Brett goes for the sharpshooter um, after a little while here, but that irritating whistle-blowing coach man jumps on the apron. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, naturally, because you know it, it is what it is, this distracts Brett to the point where he lets go of his submission hold that could potentially win him the championship to go and walk across the ring to encounter coach because wrestling. And uh, <laughs> um, he hits coach off the apron. And whilst this is happening, perfect jumps up, kicks the middle rope, which Brett is straddling, which obviously gives him a low blow. Um, and you think then, okay, Brett's in trouble. now. Mr. Perfect starts hitting leg drops uh, effectively between Brett's legs. He's lifting Brett's legs up, looking like he's going for a sharpshooter of his own, but he's dropping leg drops down um, effectively onto his spuds. Yeah, kind of similar in a way to one that Jeff Hardy does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then something I've not really seen before it, since. It's, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. That, le- that, that he goes for the leg drop again, Brett catches his leg and turns it into a kind of three-quarter maybe turned sharpshooter but all in one motion and it was just mm-hmm. oh just sat there like why and charlie again sat next to me my youngest just sat there just looking at, oh that was amazing you know just so so good and that basically g- gives you your finish brett wins the the ic title by submission very very quickly because we know mr perfect's in a great deal of pain anyway he doesn't want to be sat around in a sharpshooter for too long um and Brett celebrates, goes up to see his mum and dad. Uh, and Lord Alfred Hayes is up there, isn't he, already? Trying to get a word with Brett's dad. And he is, and, and to quote my daughter, he is blanking him. <laughs> this, it was, this is always tickled me. Uh, Lord Alfred Hayes is there. I, I just want to try and get some words from, from Stuart. And Stu's like, okay, then what do you want me to say? And then he's like, no, but he's, he's too busy. He's just overcome with what he's like. He's literally tried to talk to you then. Yeah. You ignored him. And then he went back to, to hugging the family. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a great moment for, for Brett. Uh, the, essentially, the, the start of his uh, yeah. amazing singles career. Yeah, definitely. Really, really good match. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it back. Um, I suppose we should do ratings for this one now, Magsy, before we get on to our second contest, I guess. Um I mean- we can do that. That's it seems sensible. Uh, just before we we do, I'm um, getting some grief from the Powell family here in the chat. I'm not uh, best pleased with this, but uh, um, Mrs. P, uh, because it's full of air, does that mean I can eat too? Uh, <laughs> that that that's the the uh, Little Britain diet. Uh, if you if you uh, half the calories, just eat twice as much. Uh, <laughs> and then Anya, uh, Mags, are you okay? Never seen any get angry over chocolate um I, I don't even really eat a lot of chocolate to be fair it's not i've not really got that much of a sweet tooth i just don't want to pay for fresh air half of a chocolate bar just sucked in right there half of an arrow there we go Okay, you've got some strong opinions on some weird <laughs> shit. <you know> that? <laughs> i have got many hills i choose to die on Oh, perhaps that's a non-wrestling topic for the future again. We'll, we'll, we'll have to touch on that, I think. Um, Maxie, where do you rate this then? Out of 10, my friend. Um, to me, a bit of a funny one because it starts quite slow but ends fantastic. Um, yeah, where do you rate this, buddy? 
yeah, it's a it's a, an outstanding match. I think uh, uh, Uncle Dave gave it uh, four and a quarter, um, which absolutely makes sense. The fact it's it's not high on the card, uh, and it's um, it is. It, it just seems to be maybe it hasn't got that much importance, but in in the, the annals of history, this is an absolutely brilliant match. Knowing that uh, Perfect was uh, was uh, very very physically injured, mm. uh, knowing what Bret Hart goes on to be um, uh, in the future, uh, I, I rate this match really really highly. So I have no problems giving this an an eight point five. Oh, okay, as high as that. Yeah, okay. Um- for me, I've, I think I'm going to go a touch lower. Uh, I really in- stop inhaling your chocolate bars. But we- <laughs> delicious, delicious mint aero. Um, I really enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed this match. They told a fantastic story. Um, crazily enough, being 1991, 30 years ago, there's a couple of things in this match that I've not seen since. The the, the leg drop counter into the sharpshooter, I think, was really innovative and, and you know unique. Um, and a few other moments as well that I thought were, were just absolutely brilliant. And these are two guys who I think Mr. Perfect in 91 was probably at the pinnacle of his career. Um, after this, he was never quite the same performer in WCW. Um, he had a little run in the WWF in 92 ish when he came back and tagged with Savage at Survivor Series. Um, he was never quite the same performer again. I think this is kind of the end of top top level mr perfect i mean he was mm-hmm. still good enough don't get me wrong but this was the, to me the end of the great kurt henning um but it did start slower than i remember and it was building to this crescendo of course and that's part of the storytelling so i, I think i'm going to go slightly lower and probably give it an eight i think um just looking at ratings that we've given other matches and what's coming up that we're going to discuss in a moment is also in the back of my mind as well so te- telegraphing your rating for the next match. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I watched them back to back. I mean, we'll probably discuss it when we do the ratings for the next one after after this discussion. But um, yeah, yeah, watching them back to back may not have done this match a favor with regards to pace and so on. But we'll get to that in a moment, mate. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, yeah. So that's the first option on the poll. I mean, and as we eight, said before, eight is a is a perfectly adequate score for me. Uh, it, it's for me it just felt a little bit more important than than an eight, so okay. that's why it gets that extra half a mark. But yeah, I understand an eight. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, the the first half of the poll and the poll was a draw. So for the first time ever, we're now going to discuss history in the making. Ah, yes, you lucky lucky people. Um, we're now going to discuss our second match on the pole and this was eddie guerrero versus Rey mysterio from halloween havoc 1997 uh the wcw event there and it was eddie's cruiserweight championship on the line um as well as Rey mysterio's mask if he lost this title this title match he would have to remove his mask um this i think this shows how far wrestling has come in the six years from 91 to here both are brilliant matches that we looked at but for very different reasons and Mm. the pace of this match i think right from the off really sort of uh, to me shows how far we've come along in that short space of time max does that make sense 
Yeah, absolutely. It does um, the the whole kind of lucha Latino uh, influence in in the, the WCW really championed uh, at this time? Even though they get a lot of grief for uh, for maybe putting the cruiserweights as uh, as fillers and uh, as as not really putting much importance uh, in terms of storylines and in terms of uh, position on the card. You always knew that the 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 luchas would bring it on mm. WCW. It's what it, it really kind of uh, it, it got a big name for. The the first thing that that really stood out to me uh, was actually before the match even started, uh, when uh, both guys walked down to the ring. Just how small and how um, slav and and slim that these two guys were. Yeah. Uh, you come out. I, I mean, I've, I've been openly honest. I didn't watch a lot of WCW at the time um, so I remember Ray and Eddie from being in the WWE most of the time and there uh, it's always been the land of the giants and even though they're two relatively small wrestlers in terms of, of heart they bulked up in the in the WWE uh, Ray uh, looks like he's carved out of granite uh, mm. uh, during his, his main run and the same with Eddie uh, whereas in this they, they look wiry they look uh, they look like Lucha, luchador wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Eddie, he looks like there's not an ounce of fat on him, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and he saunters down to the ring, so arrogant, so cocky. Oh, so small, oh, You just want to slap him, don't you? It's brilliant stuff, you know. And he, and he's got that perfect mullet, the the business at the front, party at the back style mullet. Yeah, yeah he, he just looks like he thinks his shit doesn't stink. Yep. And, he, and I think Guerrero, obviously, everyone ends up loving Eddie Guerrero. In WWE, he has a great run, and, and we have the title matches there, and he wins the big one and, and so on. And, he, and the match we discussed last week as well. Um, and he's a, he's a fan favourite at this stage. But to me, this Eddie Guerrero, uh, to, to coin your phrase, Max, smarmy Eddie Guerrero, you know, this to me is Eddie at his best. I think this is like, he was so, so good at just being a dick. Yeah. You know, an arrogant, arrogant dick. Yeah, exactly. Um, the match starts really, really fast, uh, as we said. Um, they and they're in the air early. They're they're flipping around all over the place um, straight off the bat. It's almost like they've been told, "Okay, here's how much time you've got." And they've both gone yeah, right. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to fit in everything we possibly can, and they do. You get so much. In this, what is it? Is it 17 minutes-ish or something like that, isn't it, Max? I think um, it's less than that. I think it's about 13, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, they just cram so much in. Uh, and they're flying all over the place. Eddie sends Ray into the steps early on the outside. Um, we see counters, well, well, counters the, and counters. The, yeah, the, the the spot that just before Ray gets uh, slammed into the, into the stairs... Um, that was almost like a, a botch that uh, that Ray was able to kind of counter on the fly. It looks like he's going for a kind of like a um, a splash over the top ropes, and yeah. maybe his, his feet get kind of uh, trapped on the rope, so he's able to kind of change his body position so he doesn't fall. He lands on his feet on the apron. It's just unreal. Just yeah, it's unreal that he had that kind of a that skill and that control to to know that something had, had looked like it gone wrong. I mean, he may have planned it for for all we know. I mean, Rey Mysterio is is, is so innovative when it comes to wrestling mm. offense. But for me, it looked like he's his legs 
caught the rope and he had to make a split decision of how do I not kill myself and lands <laughs> on, on his feet like a cat. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just so damn, damn good. Yeah, oh, just unbelievable. Um, with, with regards to that as well, there's a moment where um, I don't even know the start of the spot, but Ray ends up effectively in the air and Eddie catches him and turns it into a suplex. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really he's really high he's he's not like coming down as you'd expect from a suplex he, mysterio is really it looks like he's gonna just spike him on the top of his head but he turns at the last minute and it ends up looking brutal but at the same time perfectly safe and fantastic and again just it's testament to me of how talented both of these guys were obviously they must have worked together God knows how many times at this stage. This is 97. They've both been triple uh, A. They worked for someone, I think, uh, at one stage. Um, and they, they sort of be out in Japan, the pair of them. You know, they, they've, they've wrestled each other, I imagine, plenty of times. But here, it's like all of these these factors have just come together in like a perfect storm for this mm-hmm. this particular match. Uh, and Ray is so popular. And Eddie is, as we said, such a dick. The crowd are massively into it as well by the time they get to the finish mags, aren't they? Yeah, and it, it's always amazed me uh, with uh, lucha wrestling uh, just how uh, I mean, you, you when you compare it to, to traditional uh, Western wrestling, you can see where there is opportunity to for for wrestlers to call spots and kind of like uh, talk with each other and, and and guide each other through a match with the pace that, especially with these two, with the pace that this goes, how they are able to communicate what's going on uh, and and the moves and make it look so clean and crisp. You would either have to have a, um, a memory uh, second to none or you just uh, you just go with the floor. Uh, mm. And I think that that's, that's what happens with these two. This, uh, they have so much kind of natural chemistry that it's almost like a, a sixth sense of, uh, they know what each uh, each each of them is going to do at, uh, at what point, uh, and to to pull off uh, these amazing feats of, of wrestling. It's just absolutely phenomenal stuff. It, it it's awe inspiring. It really yeah. really is. Yeah, and it's it's not also. I mean, if nobody's um, if anyone out there's not seen this match before, I, I strongly recommend you go and check it out. I mean, you, you you will have anyway, because obviously everyone out there is following the chain along. You're watching the match before you come on the show. Of course you are. Of course you are. Um, <laughs> if you've not seen it before, I strongly suggest you go check this out. Halloween Havoc 1997. Um, because it's not just lucha, flippy, high-flying stuff. They're wrestling as well. They're brawling as well. Uh, and the brawling, oh, yeah, it, 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 it's it looks not a spot. It looks like they, they genuinely hate each other. They're smacking the crap out of each other. Yeah, it, it's certainly not just a, a spot show. There no. are spots. Don't get me wrong. There are some uh, amazing mm-hmm. spots. These guys are, are both amazingly talented. But you can tell that there is a... Uh, there is animosity in this story. There's a there's a one point where uh, Eddie's ripping at the mask from yeah. uh, from from Rain. Uh, you you see like um, the the top half of Ray's face out uh, uh, un, under the mask. So there's definitely tension in there, and uh, there's some heavy heavy strikes, but from from both guys. Uh, there's a, a, a lovely spot coming towards the end where um, Ray gets tossed into the the corner, um, and he gets caught in the tree of water. I thought he was going to essentially fall on his head in the yeah, corner. Yeah, he kind of caught and, himself, didn't he? That was amazing. It, and it caught, caught the the rope and the the kind of like the bolt that attaches the rope to the post with his feet before he hit the ground. It's just phenomenal, mm. phenomenal. Yep. 
uh, just incredible stuff. I mean, we also see um, the gory special. That's what it's called, isn't it? With the, the mm-hmm. Eddie's uh, dad, isn't it? Gory Guerrero, yeah. was it his dad? Um, he got him on his back and he's holding, holding him there. There's also a unique, I suppose, kind of... Um, he, he's stretching him. He's got his arm hooked. Eddie, sorry, has got Rey Mysterio's arm hooked. And then with his other arm, he's got his leg hooked and his knee is in his ribs, sort of stroke back. And he's kind of bending him around his knee. Um, that was quite unique as well. But it wasn't like these were rest holds. It wasn't like this was the, an opportunity for these guys to take a break, so to speak, from the, the frantic, high-paced action that, that, that they've been um, putting on display for everybody. These moves looked like they were these were wrestling moves. These were moves where they were genuinely trying to force a submission. And you, you said it there, Magsy, about the, the ripping of the mask. That was in a, 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 a abdominal stretch. And that little touch just added so much viciousness to that move when done by other people sometimes it can come across a bit lethargic a bit lazy a bit boring because i just stood there but eddie's fire there and and commitment to the whole gimmick of i despise this little bastard and ripping at his mask it's like it really i think it really contributed you know mm-hmm. yeah and and even um if you you thought of uh an abdominal stretch as a rest hold um the the way that they link uh, and chain their wrestling together. I mean, from that from that abdominal stretch, uh, Eddie turns that into a backbreaker. You don't mm-hmm. normally see that kind of thing. It's normally uh, abdominal stretch, maybe a five count. Somebody uses the ropes to cheat, and then we let go. These link moves together. It's almost like seamless the way he went from the the abdominal stretch into the backbreaker um, for for uh, the near fall. It's just. Um, amazing wrestling just so super super talented there was an absolutely vicious looking power bomb as well at one stage from guerrero on mysterio he gets really high and then when he brings him down onto the mat there's there's just proper venom in that as he slams him down and then Mm -hmm. stacks him really high for the pin to the point where it looked like he wasn't going to be able to escape that at the two but ultimately ultimately he does um just so much going on. I mean, Eddie Guerrero goes for the frog splash, misses that, mm-hmm. but even the sight of him flying through the air on a missed attempt looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose we kind of come to the finish then, Maxie, don't we? Yeah, the uh, the attempt at the razor's edge, essentially, by uh, yeah, Eddie yeah. Guerrero, uh, which is uh, countered into a Hurricane Rana and uh, Ray uh, eats out the victory. Uh mm-hmm. And then um, we, we feel the kind of joy with Ray comes up to the camera and he's like, this is what this title means to me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. And then Eddie Guerrero just has to be in the spoil sport and just clocks him just because he's lost. It's brilliant. <laughs> A brilliant end to an amazing contest. And and it, it perfectly fitted in with uh, with both characters. Ray was the ultimate baby face, uh, as he's yeah. been in the majority of his career. You really kind of was happy that he won the title. And Eddie was the salty bitch. I've just lost. Well, enjoy this wallop. Yeah. A, br- a brilliant end. I love so so good so so good uh, again wcw at this time um i mean this is october 97 but we're, we're sort of talking um mid 96 when scott hall shows up it's a bit ropey then but when the nwo starts really getting getting going through to 98 early 98 the cruiserweight division 
is everyone remembers the NWO storyline. Everyone remembers Hogan uh, uh, turning and, and the black and white and mm-hmm. all, all that sort of stuff. Um, but WCW is so much more than that. If you look beyond that, the cruiserweight division was phenomenal. Dean Malenko, Jericho was there for a while, uh, Guerrero, just so many incredible, incredible matches. And if anyone's unfamiliar with this, um, I, again, use the network, whatever, go back and have a look on just random episodes of Nitro. They'd normally start with a cruiserweight match yeah. or most pay-per-views would start with a cruiserweight match. Go and check out these contests because even now, some 20 odd years later or whatever it is, they still stand up as really, really good today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the, the, the roster that they had uh, was stacked. I mean, you're talking mm. about Billy Kidman, uh, Shane Helms, Shannon Moore, they had some amazingly talented uh, uh, um, cruiserweights, and it's just such a shame that it wasn't given the focal point of, uh, of that, it, that it should have been because that could have uh, that could have turned the tide, and that could have been something that you build a company around because these were a lot of the times the the, the most excited that fans got in in terms of, of the matches. Uh, especially coming towards the the end of WCW, um, it was yeah this this match. It's a blueprint to how how good cruiserweight wrestling can be. Yeah, without a doubt, it's absolutely superb. Um, so, Maxi, where do we? Uh, ah, New World Organization. A little bit of a story behind that. When we covered the. Bash at the Beach 96 main event a couple of weeks back. My wife, Sharon, saw the end of the match with me, saw Hogan's promo, and obviously he met says New World Organization as opposed to Warder. So mm-hmm. now she's just referring to the NWO as the New World Organization because she knows it boils my piss. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there we go. Never mind. I'm going to be the bigger man and uh, just try to ignore it. Um, Whereabouts do you rate this then, Magsy, my friend? How how out of ten are we thinking for this crazy high paced match? Yeah, um, I think I may have, uh, have telegraphed my score as well by the fact that this is the blueprint. If you want to have a great cruiserweight match, emulate this match because it is fourteen minutes of just fast paced. Perfect um, uh, wrestling, even when there are slight uh, issues in 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 terms of uh, what you could call botches, they mm. are they uh, they make uh, changes on the fly to uh, to make it look like that's exactly what they're meant to do. Um, Rey Mysterio has always been uh, super super talented, really kind of like I said earlier, innovative. And I don't think he's had a better uh, partner than Eddie Guerrero uh, in terms of uh, getting the best out of each other. Um, it's 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 stupendous. This match, absolutely stupendous. And I'm going to rate it higher than uh, Perfect and uh, and Bret Hart. I'm going to give this a nine point five. Oh, see, I'll tell you what, we're there. Like the the difference in the two, because I'm going for a nine. So it's, it's exactly a point difference between the two contests for the both of us. Um, nine and a half is huge because obviously 10 is the best we can give. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, that's obvious. But, you know, obviously, that's obvious. That was a great saying. That's the of the episode. <laughs> that's what's going to be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, nine, I think, for me, because it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Um, 
but I still don't think it's perfect. I still don't think it's as good as maybe, I mean, I can't remember what I gave Omega Okada, but I think that was better. Um, so that's kind of my mindset. It's up there. It's right up there, but it's not quite the best best we've ever seen, if that makes sense, Max. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. There's that we have. I mean, Omega versus Okada Four will will probably be my uh, my favorite match till the end of time. It's just it's just artistic in the way it, uh, it's laid out. But this is probably as close as we got to to uh, seeing something on the same level. That is until until the glorious return of CM Punk and we see Omega versus Punk sometime in the next couple of months, mate. Mm, oh yes it's happening oh i'm gonna be like a 13 year old girl that'll take that concert i swear to god kenny omega versus punk versus uh brian danielson in a triple threat would be a potential oh my word i I don't i'm gonna need to go have a cold shower keep talking like this (laughs) ah okay then magsy um is there anything else you want to touch upon or anything else you want to cover before we get to um our yeah. options for next week we've got a couple more uh comments here in the chat and, for, and again i want to uh do to not say, click on five nerds go do not just don't, don't bring that one up uh i just want to say again uh you guys made this show uh we were very uh um concerned about taking this live whether it would work whether mm. we would be just shouting into the ether and you guys have, have really come out and, and support us and we appreciate that from the bottom of our hearts um yeah you guys are absolutely amazing uh and you make this show way better uh than it should be um but it's time for a link uh where does the chain go next so we've watched four amazing wrestlers um both together and in in other matches, these guys have, have set uh, set the bar and have been the you could you could easily say that these are, are four wrestlers that are on a Mount Rushmore. Uh, they did that good, um, but two of them uh, were really kind of uh, languished. They were stuck in uh, in kind of purgatory in, in WCW. So obviously talking about Eddie and and Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a glass ceiling there, unfortunately, uh, for for the the luchadors for the cruiserweights. Uh, so to make it big, you had to go to the WWF or WWE, uh, and both these guys went on and became the world champion, became the 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 top of the the business. Uh, that's in WWE, uh, but there was somebody else who kind of made that leap before them. Uh, okay. Similar kind of a situation where they felt they were kind of underutilized. There was a glass ceiling. Uh, they tried their best to kind of get uh, that push into being uh, a, a big star, but just could never break out because wrestlers didn't want to give up their spots. Uh, the, uh, the management of uh, Eric Bischoff didn't see in them what they saw in themselves. And this wrestler didn't really go on to do much. Uh, he only ended up becoming uh, one of the best in the world, Le Champion, a little bit of the bubbler, the pain maker. Uh, so, yeah. Your all time favourite. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I want to uh, to go back to um, 
Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho, again, like uh, Sarah said, is one of my favourites. His, his entrance uh, into the WWF when he uh, came out and uh, interrupted The Rock it will always be my favourite introduction uh, of, a, of a wrestler, always my favourite debut. But this guy uh, broke history in the WWF just like we brought history today with this episode. So the amount of links, I mean, it has oh, to be this pick. Entwined all the way through. Yeah. He was the first ever undisputed WWF champion, you know. Did you know yeah. that? And that I happened knew. That happened at Vengeance 2001. Yeah. When on the same night, he beat The Rock and then Stone Cold Steve Austin to mm-hmm. become both the world and the, the WWF champion. So I want to, following on from this episode, I want to do another double watch where we watch Chris Jericho beat The Rock and then beat Stone Cold Steve Austin to yeah, become it's, it's the not, first undisputed champion. It's, it's, it's kind of just... One match goes straight into the other, doesn't it? It's kind of a continuation es- of essentially, yeah. Because yeah. Jer- Jericho stays in the ring, but yeah, that's that's where I want to go. I to, think uh, you've Avengers been a bit 2001. <laughs> I think you've been a bit cheeky there, Mags, and you're trying to sneak in an extra match on top of the match. <laughs> you're trying to get the Rock, Austin, and Jericho all involved in this one little. No, I mean, that's how a that that's spurious. I, I <laughs> refute that claim. Oh dear. Okay, so Max's option is Chris Jericho facing. Uh, it was The Rock first, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, the the main... se- essentially, the three uh, matches were. I think were Stone Cold first and uh, first Kurt Angle uh, mm-hmm. beat him. Uh, Jericho faced The Rock, and then uh, it was Jericho versus uh, Austin at the the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the main event of Vengeance 2001, where the two world titles effectively get unified, the undisputed championship they become after the merger of, well, not merger, but after WWE took over WCW and you had all these extra titles hanging around. Uh, Jericho versus The Rock, which then very quickly turns into Jericho versus Austin to unify the championships from the main event from Vengeance 2001. I think I've seen this once, and I think I saw it live when it happened. So that would be very, very interesting for me to go back and take a look at that one, I think, Max. I don't think I've seen that since it happened. Some 20 years ago as well. Mm. I think it was December the 9th, uh, 2001, so 20 years this year. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to be looking looking forward to that if it wins, my friend. But I'm going to try and stop it winning with my choice. And I'm going to go back to my wheelhouse. Um, my the arena. My, uh, no, no, no. Actually, I'm not. I'm not going to use the event this time. But I'm going to go back to. I'm going to go back to my wheelhouse being old school NWA, old school WCW, old school Jim Crockett Promotions kind of territory. And I'm going to use Halloween Havoc as the link. Um, the Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero match was Halloween Havoc 1997. I'd like to jump in our little wrestling TARDIS, a little wrestling time machine and go way back when to the very first Halloween Havoc, which took place in 1989. And you mention four great wrestlers taking part in the matches that we saw today. The main event of Halloween Havoc 89 was a main event that figured featured four great wrestlers. Well, five, I suppose, if if you include the referee, the main event of Halloween Havoc 19... 
89 was um, Sting and Ric Flair working together in 1989, which is kind of unusual, but Flair was going through a, uh, a weird babyface run at this stage. Um, and they are facing the team of the Great Muta and Terry Funk in a Thunderdome cage match with, strangely, the WWF's longest reigning champion, Bruno Sammartino, as the guest referee in a WCW event. Because obviously he fell out with Vince because wrestling. Um, that's where I would like to go. Something a little bit more old school, but with a lot of star power. So the main event of Halloween Havoc 89, Sting and Ric Flair versus Muta and Funk, Thunderdome Cage, Bruno Sammartino as the ref. Lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, two great picks. Again, uh, patting ourselves on the back, we 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 bring it with these picks uh, and, and with the, the links together. So, yeah, it'll be uh, more than... Danny knows. <laughs> Danny knows. <laughs> Liam knows. Liam knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, two great picks. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see how the uh, the the listeners and the watchers uh, vote. Yeah, going to be very interesting. Um, the poll will be up shortly after the audio version is out. The audio version is normally out and about sometime on the Wednesday, so the poll will probably be up on Thursday at some stage. The poll will be on Twitter which is at chain underscore wrestling there. Um, vote away, uh, get involved, and so on. And also keep a lookout on all of our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for our non-wrestling topic, our general conversations, and so on, um, as to what we discuss before we discuss the wrestling. Yeah, I know. Mags is my wife's favorite podcaster. Uh, <laughs> out, out of the two. <laughs> out of the two. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to say thank you so, so much to everybody for joining us today on this special Chain Wrestling Sunday, Chain Wrestling Live. It's been an absolute blast. Um, I'll run through the options one last time for you. We have the main event from Vengeance 2001, Chris Jericho beating The Rock and then facing Austin to unify the championships. Lots of star power there. Lots of gold flying around, title belts, excitement, everything. Great stuff. Or we have the main event from Halloween Havoc 1989, Ric Flair and Sting versus Terry Funk and the Great Muta with Bruno Sammartino as the guest referee in a Thunderdome cage match. Um, two great options. Look out for the poll on our Twitter. Um, Magsy, where can everybody find you? So if you're watching live, I am down here on the Twitter. Uh, if you're listening on audio format, it is at Podfather Mags, uh, where I am heavily involved in all things radio techers. Uh, we're doing some really kind of fun, interesting things here. So definitely give us a like, uh, a sub, uh, a share. You can uh, usually hear me talking UFC uh, with my son, Carlos. Uh, and I also have another project with uh, with the chair shot called A Changing Attitude, where uh, me, Tanner, and Ori are going back through the, the Attitude Era of WWF and uh, reviewing it row by row, pay-per-view by pay-per-view, and giving it uh, a going over with uh, 2021 hours. I'm really enjoying that as well. I'm, I'm ahead of you a bit, I think, because these Raws you're reviewing are only like 45 minutes on the network, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm kind of ahead of you now. Because I'm still watching in order, awaiting the episodes of A Change in Attitude 
to go along with them. But after I watch one, I end up watching another. And I'm really enjoying going back through this time frame. So if anyone's not done this already, please, please do so. Go check out the old um, episodes of Monday Night Raw uh, from 96, 97 with Magsy's podcast as an accompaniment to it. It's fantastic. And that is awesome as well. Thank you so much, Charlie. I'm really glad you've enjoyed the show. That's my youngest, my, my wrestling muse. She looks at these old matches through fresh eyes. It really means the world to us. Uh, it really, really does. I'm glad she's enjoyed it. Okay. Um, you can find me at SJP words. Again, it's somewhere around here. Look at that. There we go. Right there. I am. There you go. At SJP words on Twitter. Um, you can find the show at chain underscore wrestling on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep your eyes out for all our non-wrestling topics, discussions, and the poll to vote in for where we go next week. Um, I'm off now to go and see how much air actually is in a Mintero. Hmm. Maxi, I'll speak to you next week, my friend. 50%. Bye bye. 50. <laughs>